What's up, Geek Nation? Lonnie here, coming at you live from our podcast studio right here in, wait for it, Barry, Kentucky. That is right. We have moved to Grace Ridge Farms out here in Barry, Kentucky, where we're going to be uh, broadcasting um, from here on out. We uh, made the big move to the old homestead. Um, so we're looking forward to uh, producing some some great shows out here on the farm. Also, the view is a lot better. We got the view of like 40 plus acres of land just out there. Uh, horses and cattle, um, deer. We might see a couple of deer running across the yard. Definitely see some turkey. So we're definitely excited about the move. Um, so we'll definitely get into that more. But before we get any further into our show, we're going to talk about a brand new sponsor of Geeks with Grace. Uh, a new sponsor joining um, the program is Chelsea's Crunch. Chelsea's Crunch is located in Winchester, Kentucky, and she specializes in candy and toffee. We're going to talk more about that and her Facebook page um, later on in the show, but we want to go ahead and uh, plug that now. Um, so if you're in the mood for toffee, Valentine's Day is coming up. We definitely want to uh, point you in the right direction and get you to Chelsea's Crunch. And again, we'll give you more information about that as the show continues. But if you want to uh, personally uh, talk to uh, Chelsea at Chelsea's Crunch or order some delicious toffee, you can call 859-644-2367. And we'll be right back with This Day in History. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about the science book. Don't know much about the French a ceasefire goes into effect during the Vietnam War. In 1964, the Soviets shoot down the U.S. jet. But the thing that kind of sticks out in my mind, on this day, January 28, 1986, uh, the space shuttle Challenger uh, tragically uh, blew up after 73 seconds um, after takeoff. And again, I remember sitting in history class, watching it live on TV, and just uh, the horror and the silence. So again, we want to spend some time just uh, in silence uh, for those brave uh, seven crew members, including a school teacher who tragically lost their lives um, on January 28, 1986. Well, today, we can say of the Challenger crew, their dedication was, like Drake's, complete. The crew of the Space Shuttle Challenger honored us for the manner in which they lived their lives. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them this morning, as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye and slipped the surly bonds of Earth to touch the face of God. Thank you.
can take a sunrise. Sprinkle it with you. Cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two. The candy man. All right, like I said, we're going to talk about Chelsea's Crunch. Now, Chelsea Crunch has a Facebook page. Gives your taste buds a great experience with the savor, the perfect crunch of this delectable toffee. She also has a webpage to chelseys-chocolates.square.site or you can call 859-644-2367. And she has lots of flavors, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and churro. And if you jump over to her Facebook page, you will see her actually a video of them making the uh, the toffee, which I hear is delicious. And just in time for Valentine's Day to uh, go ahead and order them. I know we're having a Valentine's Day dinner at our church, Robinson Christian Church. And if you'd like to come out, just give me a text or call. And we will get you signed up. It is $40 for couples, $25 for singles. It's a steak or chicken, uh, salad, dessert, and sweet uh, drink, sweet tea or lemonade. Plus, there's going to be like a newlywed, oldlywed game afterwards. But our prize is, one of the prizes is going to be from Chelsea's Crunch. So, again, check out Ch Chelsea's Crunch's Facebook page for all your delectable needs. Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt, candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two. The candy man. All right, now we come to my favorite part of the show. Well, one of my favorite part is time for our Bible devotion. So sit back, uh, relax. If you have your Bible with you, go ahead and get it ready as we get to uh, study a little bit of God's Word. in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know the saith the Lord if you follow our Facebook page you know we've been doing a series on American tall tales and folklords um and I really like tall tales. You no, know, Paul Bunyan and his blue ox babe, uh, Pecos Bill, who lassoed a twister, um, John Henry, uh, Mike Fink, king of the uh, river, and then, of course, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. And there's so many more American tales out there. But I thought tonight we would talk about um, the Bible and what some people think are tall tales are actually true. And we look at, um, tell me more. A tall tale or folklore depicts the wild adventures of extravagantly exaggerated folk heroes. 
Often told around the campfire, these stories are meant to entertain listeners. A key part of American folk literature or tall tales are believed to have started from the breaking contest that tough American frontiersmen will start when they gather around a fire. All of us are familiar with these kinds of stories. Even though they are false, we do not classify those who tell the stories as liars. We understand by their nature of the story and by the teller that the exaggeration is deliberate and honest and has no malicious intent nor attempt to deceive. Critics of the Bible maintain that key Bible stories are the very same thing. They would suggest that, that, that things like the flood and Noah's Ark and the story of Moses, the exodus of Egypt by the Israelites, the creation of Adam and Eve, the resurrection of Christ, and all the miracles of the Bible are folklores or exaggerations. We would suggest that there are some flaws in this assertion and that the implications of these arguments are more negative than most skeptics would really want to maintain. When you read the account of the flood, of the, of the creation, of the exodus, or any other miracles and writings, it is not written as a deliberate exaggeration. The account is written as history. Proper names are used, and geographic localities are specifically identified. The resurrection of Christ is not portrayed as a normal event. While it is not normal, nor is it physical, it is claimed to have been hysterical. 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 It is nothing like the tall tales we look at when we began this discussion. You can deny that the miracle occurred and or you can assert that the author is a deliberate liar who is malicious, trying to mislead people. What you cannot logically do is to assert that there is a story cooked up to make a harmless, victorious diversion from life. In folklore, there is no attempt to verify the story that is told. There may be something that is explained in a funny way in the story, but no documentation is attempted. Documentation can come about in a myriad of ways. There can be archaeological evidence, anthropological evidence, eyewitness accounts, evidence from the physical science, or evidence from the social science. In virtually all biblical stories, there is documentation. In the flood story, for example, there is supporting evidence from a wide range of sources. Virtually all cultures have flood accounts, and in many cases, it is very close to the biblical narrative. Similar methods can be used in all biblical accounts. These supportive evidence are not absolute proof. The events took place so long ago that there are always unanswered questions. The point is that the accounts do not qualify as folklore because they have enough documentation to make them at least legitimate and possibilities. If all this were not true, we would not have to have faith at all. The point about faith is that we cannot call to be we are not called to blind faith. Blind faith can accept any folklore that is valid. We are called to reason faith, bolstered and supported by a mountain of evidence. You can intelligently believe in the Bible as God's words. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for the many blessings in our lives. Help us to uh, stay the course and stay faithful in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove You more and more. Jesus, Jesus.
Well, we sure do appreciate you hanging out during our uh, devotion time. That's always my favorite part. And you can always check out our Facebook page to um, read some more devotions. But now let's go ahead and talk about the topic for the month, American Tall Tales and Folklore. A gun will travel reap the card of a man. A knight without armor in a savage land. His fast gun for hire heeds the calling wind. A soldier of fortune is the man called Let's get into some tall tales. I mean, I don't know about you, but I always did like listening to uh, grandpa's stories or uncle's stories or any kind of stories you have around the campfire talking about tall tales. And if you talk to my three sons, Brady, Landon, Alex, I can be a bit of a tall tale teller myself. Um, is that even a word? A tall tale teller? Um, I think their favorite stories, I know Brady's favorite story is Johnny Fishtoes. Johnny Fishtoes was a friend of mine growing up who uh, was dangling toes over the uh, the creek or the pond where he was sitting on the dock of the bay or the, or the pier there. And he was dangling his toes and some fish eggs swam up into his toenails and turned his feet into uh, little, ten little fishes. And that's how he got the name Johnny Fish Toes. He was the best swimmer in our school. But again, tall tales are great. And we're going to go over a couple of tall tales, which were some of my favorites. And I hope they were favorites of yours. Um, first of all, uh, my favorite tall tale has to be the legendary Davy Crockett. <laughs> Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Fought single-handed through the engine war till the creeks was whipped and the peace was in store. While he was handling this risky chore, made himself a legend forevermore. Davy, Davy Crockett. King of the Wild Frontier. Oh, yes. Good old Davy Crockett, born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, the greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bear when he was only three. At three years old, the man killed him a bear. Now, Davy Crockett was an American folk hero, frontiersman, soldier, and politician, and he was real. He is often referred to to in popular culture as the king of the wild frontier. He represented Tennessee in the U.S. House of Representatives and served in the Texas Revolution. Davy was known for his quick wit and soaring tales on the campaign trail, and the people sent him to the House of Representatives twice. Politically impopulous, he spoke up for land squatters and opposed President Andrew Jackson's plan for ending removal. The Crockett Almanac was a widely popular magazine mass-produced between 1835 and 1856. Most of the papers were published after 1836, the year of Crockett's death. As we all know, David Crockett died 
in the Alamo, at the Alamo on the morning of March 6, 1836, at the right old age of 49. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Davy Crockett. <laughs> Looking at the time, we've been doing this for about 25 minutes, so I don't want to go too long uh, because after so many minutes, people start getting kind of turned off from listening to podcasts. You only want to talk for so many minutes, so we're going to have to go ahead and say goodbye to our, our show today. Uh, we want to give a shout out to my co-host, Forrest, who couldn't be here today, but he'll be back in the studio soon enough. So again, to everybody out there listening, don't forget to uh, to check out our Facebook page at Geeks with Grace, one big word. And also check out our webpage. Our webpage is www.rccyouthminister.wixsite.com slash Geeks with Grace. And we will see you all back here in a few days because I do believe uh, if Kathy is off work tomorrow, we are going to talk about what it's like to be empty nesters at such a young age. As you know, my oldest son, Brady, he's married, has a family. Landon, who graduated from Harris County High School last semester, is off at College of Moorhead State. And our youngest one, Alexander, he's also at Moorhead State University in the Craft Academy. So now Kathy and I are empty nesters, and we're going to go ahead and start traveling soon. But you know what? We'll talk more about that tomorrow or this week when she's off and get her point of view of what it's like to be an empty nesters. Until then, keep reaching for the sky. And, well, how's the epic man say it? Keep your feet flat and keep reaching for the stars. We're out of here, Geek Nation. Peace. <laughs>